Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted today? We've been talking about in our last couple podcasts, building a relationship with your child and different ways to strengthen that relationship has been through communication and sharing stories and self-talk and selecting our thoughts. I thought today that I would focus on dealing with different personality types. We have kids and as I've mentioned in past podcasts, they are not robots. They are not simple computers that we can reboot. They come with their own personalities. And as well, their friends will come with their own personalities. Their teachers will come with their own personalities and other key influences in their lives, like their coaches and parents of friends. And guess what? You come with your own personality too (laughs) and your own type. And all these types have to play together nicely in the sandbox. So what kind of personalities do we deal with on a daily basis? Let's kind of go through a rundown. There's the complainer who always thinks the worst is going to happen. We have a clever person who tends to make situations way more complex than they actually need to be and are and likes to be in charge. We have the knowledgeable person who can sometimes come across as arrogant and therefore blind to their own limitations. We have an anxious person who has a hard time making a decision because what if all the what ifs in life come true? We have the person who seems like they're on edge and we never know what's going to send them into anger. There is the negative person that complains about everything. Oh, and there's that poor me person that always has the bad things happening to them. And there's the you can't do this without me person. (laughs) There's the calm person who just goes through life and deals with whatever happens and they seem to be happy just because. So I've been a little bit silly in describing all the different personality types and mostly putting the negative spin on them but really what I wanted to illustrate for you is that there are lots of different personality traits of people that we're going to run into and we just have to be aware of that and why we need to be aware of that is because I believe that it's very important for us to, as parents, to strive for being happy just because. So that no matter what life is throwing at us, we realize that that is life. It is going to throw things at us. It's up to us to choose our reaction. Imagine if you're able to give your child that skill. So if something happens on the way to work or on the way to school or um, on the way to their soccer tournament or something, whatever, when life happens and they can 
deal with whatever the emotion is that presents, but then they can go to that happy place and be that happy child just because. How are we going to do that with them? Well, we have to figure out what our child's dominant personality is. So that is why I mentioned all of those different ones. So the complainer and the clever person and the anxious person and the what if person and the they can't do it without me person and uh, the list goes on. And so once we sort of identify which personality traits our child is the most exhibiting, we can figure out what triggers them. And why do we want to do that? Because we really want to know that they can take the curveballs of life and be calm and be okay and deal with it and find their happy place in and amongst all the things that can go in life. So the first thing you need to do is start to observe your child. What is their dominant personality, like I mentioned? Are you able to see circumstances and situations where they fluctuate between different personality types? Because sometimes uh, we'll be one personality somewhere. So I'm sure you've heard, or maybe with your own kids, they may act one way at home and they may act a completely different way at a stranger's house or a friend's house. And so then you begin to think, well, why is it easier for them to be happy just because in some situations a negative or anxious or controlling or dominant or angry in other situations. Get curious. I've said that through almost all my podcasts. Please, please, people, get curious with your child. They know the answer. They know the answer as to why they're getting angry in one situation. They might not know the answer if you ask them directly, like, why are you getting angry in this situation? But if you start to have conversations with them and see what's leading up to it, you'll be able to figure that out. So, When you start observing your child, you're going to be able to identify their different triggers, which seem to bring out the best or the worst in them. In an ideal world, you would be able to ask your child, what is triggering you? But sometimes as adults, we can't even figure out what's triggering us. So I'll give you an example, a personal one. Um, My children's father and I haven't been together for a lot of years, and yet there are still numerous times where I need to engage in conversation because we have two children together and I am triggered. And you know what? Nine times out of 10, I'm probably triggered to be completely 100% honest with you because it's him (laughs) and we haven't had the best relationship. Obviously, we couldn't stay together, which would make sense. And so I need to uh, be aware of that for myself. I can't change him. I can't change what he's going to say to me or how he's going to say it, but I can change how I'm going to receive it and how I'm going to act from when I receive it. So therefore, I look at my trigger, right? That's a trigger for me. I need to then maybe open it, only open his emails when I'm in the right frame of mind. Only open his emails when I've finished my work day. I can set up my limitations um, or my boundaries or my perimeters around my triggers. So start to look at what your triggers are. Where do you get the most triggered? So for instance, if you get the most triggered in the mornings as you're rushing to get out the door or after work when you're rushing to get back home (laughs) or wherever you might get get the most triggered. I don't know why I keep giving rushed examples. Maybe I'm thinking I'm rushed in my head. But wherever that is that you're getting triggered and make some different changes around it. So let's say, for example, it is rushed in the morning. How much prep can you do the night before? How much prep can you get the kids to do the night before? What can the kids maybe start doing themselves so that you know your trigger and you're going to identify what it is and what you can do differently about it. 
um, for your kids, what you want to do is also see what their triggers are. My youngest son, for example, his trigger is um, feeling as though he is inadequate and um, in relation to the rest of the kids in the house. So he's the youngest of four. It's a blended family. So his biological brother is six years older than the next brother bonus brothers five years older and then his bonus sister is two and a half years older so he feels as though he should be at the same level as them um, in anything whether it's they're going to go out and play soccer or or they're going to play a board game or whatever it is he feels like he should already be at their level or beating them actually is what he really feels so he gets triggered when he's perceiving that they're treating him some certain way because he's the youngest. So that's actually the way life works though, right? If you are the youngest, you may be treated in a different way or you may not be as good as your brother at playing soccer when he's played for six years more than you. I mean, I'm just saying. (laughs) But we have to be aware that that's his trigger and he, more importantly, needs to be aware that that's his trigger. And so we can make some changes, right? When we're coming to playing board games and when we get so locked in on a rule or when he doesn't understand a rule, so he plays maybe a different way, have a conversation about it. And you know what? For one round or for one game, why not have that rule? And maybe you really like that rule and you adopt it as a rule. Who knows? But instead of shutting him down because he's the youngest in his mind, we can give him an opportunity to have a voice and have a conversation about it. And at the same point, we have to um, have him acknowledge, so he needs to acknowledge that he's making that perception. So what we have done in the past is, okay, we're playing a board game and somebody who's not the youngest has the same frustration or the same struggle that he's having. We can point out, hey, look, they're having the same struggle and they're not the youngest. So really, this isn't about being the youngest. This is just about there's certain rules in a board game and we need to follow them. So we needed to teach him that that's his perception. And he can also check on that perception with us, right? Like, I feel like you're treating me this way because I'm the youngest. Or are you treating me this way because I'm the youngest? And the thing is, he then will know if that's the story he's creating or that's the actual reality. Because quite honestly, he does have to go to bed the earliest because he is the youngest. And when it was just his brother and him, I... There was six years between them, so there was going to be some differences between the way he was treated and the way that my other son was treated. So that's an example of where um, we could sit down with my youngest and we could start to identify where his triggers are coming from. And that was, we've known this for probably, he's 10 now, and we've known this for probably about, I'd say a solid maybe even six years. And it's not that he could tell us at four, but we could just observe. So you could start observing too. So start observing your children and where they're getting triggered. Start observing yourself and where you're getting triggered. And start to see where it's a perception that you've created or it's uh, actual reality. Um, Another example I'll give you is with my bonus son. He gets triggered when we join hands and sing Kumbaya. And yes, we actually do that. It started a while back for me when I was just with my two boys and they got into um, a fight in the car once and I pulled over and I turned around and I said, join hands and we're going to sing Kumbaya. (laughs) So they know for a long time that if they started fighting, I would just look at them and have them do that. And so 
you know, it's just been something that we do. And really, I do it because it lightens the mood. And we can figure out whatever it is that caused the fight, whatever the trigger was. But at that point, I really wanted to, especially when I'm driving or we're doing something, not have a whole fight breakout, but be able to either leave it in that moment and come back to it or deal with it in that moment. And so sometimes when you lighten the situation, it's useful. So we actually did this in the airport. So I was going with my partner and his two kids and my two kids. So there was four kids and this was four years ago. So now they're 16 to 10. So that would have been six to 14, four kids, six to 14 two adults. We're a blended family. We weren't living together yet. So we weren't even a blended family in the sense of living together. We were just going on vacation together. So imagine the intricacies of traveling together. And I should mention, we live on Vancouver Island, which again, if you have not Googled it, you really should. And so we live on Vancouver Island. It's in British Columbia, Canada. Totally Google it. So we need to get off the island to get to the airport. So we had to get to the ferry at an obscenely early time. We had to take a two-hour ferry. You need to be at the ferry early. So to get to that ferry early, we had to wait. And we had to take the ferry. And this is with all our luggages for going to Disney World for about 10 days. And then we took the airport oh sorry we didn't take the airplane we had to get off the ferry and we had to get to the airplane or the airport so we actually had a limo came and take us to the airport and then we um and that was probably let's say an hour and a half drive and then so the ferry rides two hours we had to get to the ferry we had to arrive there early now we're in the limo for an hour and a half now we have to wait at the airport and I should also add that my um, partner's mom came too. So I call her my ish, like my mother-in-law-ish. And so she came as well. And so there was another personality and another dynamic. And then I also want to mention that my back was out. <laughs> so um, on this whole journey of the uh, drive to the ferry, the ferry, the wait for the ferry, the actual ferry ride, the limo after the ferry, and then now we're in the airport and we're waiting for the airplane to take us to Disney. And we were having meltdowns, all of us, all around. <laughs> we were being triggered by so many different factors, tiredness and hunger and so many different things. And so anyways, we joined hands and started singing Kumbaya because for me and my kids, it's actually a thing that works for us and lightens our mood and makes us feel so much better. And my partner and his mom and his daughter um, fully embraced it. My uh, bonus son, not so much. He did not embrace it. He um, really got quite upset that we were doing that and it triggered him. And so, you know how they say Disney's the happiest place on earth. I have to argue with you on that. <laughs> there are lots of families that walk around hot and tired and cranky there. But anyways, um, I just wanted to suggest to you that um, Alex didn't appreciate it. He is somebody that doesn't enjoy physical touch and doesn't really like a lot of public displays of attention. However, we talked to him about it, right? Because we saw that there was, he was being triggered and the whole reason we were doing it is so that we would take us all down a level. So we had to talk to him to say, hey, what's going on? And, you know, actually it turned out that he was okay with us um, singing a song quietly 
but he didn't really like kumbaya and he didn't want to be touched so no physical touch so we asked him what song he wanted to change it to and he said Bob Marley's every little thing is going to be okay I'm part Jamaican my son's name is Marley so we were totally cool to change it to that song and to realize that he didn't need to be holding hands with us when we were doing it me and my children or sorry my children and I my partner and my partner's daughter and my partner's mom were very touchy-feely so we were all okay to touch but he didn't really want to and so we needed to just have that conversation with him because why would we do that over and over again if we knew that that was going to trigger him because the whole reason we were doing it was to bring all of us down so I just gave you two examples there of situations where some was a little bit silly but is actual an actual reality uh, truth <laughs> and so um, where where is your kid get triggered where do you get triggered be curious look up look at the situations um, think about what you could do differently think about what you could do the same think about what you're trying to get out of the situation to figure out the different um, ways that you can respond to it and when you think about all the different personality types that we have to deal with on a daily basis uh, there's going to be conflict that's going to come up or there's going to be triggers that come up. And once you start identifying them with your child and helping your child identify them, and maybe there is a certain personality trait that triggers them and they just have to start to realize that and name it for what it is. So if it's um, a friend that is constantly negative. Um, My son has a friend that's like that and he finds it really draining and so we've had to change the circumstances around which they play. They can go and do something active together and then my son knows that they're not spending all that one-on-one time together and so they uh, think it's okay because they're not spending time doing something where it's really just one-on-one and them talking it's something active so maybe that negativity doesn't come out Um, maybe there's somebody in your child's life that's anxious maybe it's them my younger son um, who was perceiving being the youngest and it being an issue and people treating him that way just because he was the youngest um, has had prone uh, has had tendencies sorry to become anxious in situations and so I'm not defining him as anxious though and I think that that's a really big thing that we need to be aware of. So my son exhibited some anxiety, sorry, some anxious behaviors and so I needed to be aware. My son's exhibiting anxious behaviors around this. Let's see what's triggering out. Let's figure it out. But let's not paint him as having anxiety or let's not paint that person as being an angry person. Instead, let's figure out what's triggering them. And really, in the end, we can only figure out what triggers us. I mean, we, I think, have an obligation as a parent to teach our children this and to help them figure out what's triggering them so that they can be better in the situations and find their happy place and it's the same for us we need to find our happy place no matter what's triggering us my children all such different personality traits my youngest one can be anxious sometimes and can go to anger more often sometimes whereas my oldest two or sorry the next one up and then the oldest one um, a a girl and a boy they both go to tears more frequently then they would go to anger. And what's interesting about that is I've observed myself and other people treat the kids that are going to tears quicker with more gentleness and more loving and more understanding and want to help them and want to cuddle them and make sure they're safe. And the child that goes to anger, it 
is repelled and it's made that they're a problem child. And I just, I find that always so interesting. And I'm sure I did that for years too with my youngest before I really became aware that it's just an emotion he's expressing. So just like my other son is expressing his emotion with tears, my other son's just expressing his emotion, expressing his emotions, sorry, with anger. And I just seem to be aware of that. Am I triggered by that? If I'm triggered by the anger and not triggered by the tears, what is that saying about me? Nothing to do with my kid. And what is my son getting triggered about? Why is he getting to that angry stage? Let's figure it out. Let's help help him find his happy place as he's getting triggered so that he can still deal with whatever it is. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten some information out of these different personality traits and triggers. And I realized that today's is really long and I thought it was actually going to be a shorter one. So again, thank you and good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.